time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley, and you know, on my next podcast, I'm going to make a very important and exciting announcement that uh, I think you'll be um, think you'll be interested to hear about. It's an opportunity that I've been given to uh, expand uh, my ministry, but also to invest uh, in the, in another ministry and have really worldwide influence. So, very excited about this upcoming opportunity. I'll tell you more about it uh, in the next uh, podcast. Well, we've been talking about uh, about belief and what you believe and why it's so important and that type of thing. You know, a lot of people say, well. You know, it's not important that you believe certain things. It's just important that you're sincere. I mean, as long as you're sincere, I mean, don't we value and sincerity in people? I mean, just just be honest and and believe what you believe. And it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe it with all your heart, that's really what matters, right? Well, not exactly. It doesn't apply anywhere in life to how much you believe in something. It doesn't matter what you believe. Uh, it, excuse me, it doesn't matter how much you believe. It only matters what you put your belief in. You can walk out on thin ice and uh, believe with all your heart's going to hold you up and you can sink straight to the bottom. The amount of your faith is irrelevant. It's the object of your faith. And are you believing in the right things? Thick ice will hold you up. Thin ice will take you under. So we're talking about belief. And uh, today I want to talk about belief in Jesus Christ. In other words, what do you believe about Jesus you know, there's a passage uh, in Matthew where Jesus actually asks his disciples, he says, who do you say that I am? And it's very interesting because in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said that to Peter. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Jesus wasn't asking him that question so that Jesus could find out who Jesus was. He wasn't doing an opinion poll or a popularity poll to figure out who he really was. Well, 57% of Jesus' followers think he's the Son of God. Well, therefore, he must be the Son of God because that's a majority, right? Or 60% of the people don't believe that Jesus ever existed. Well, then he must not have existed, right? No. Someone's opinion has no relevance upon reality. Reality should influence someone's opinion if that person has an informed opinion. And Peter had an informed opinion. You know why? Because he had witnessed what Christ had done. And so when Jesus asked him in Matthew 16, verse 15, who do you say that I am? And it says, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You see, unless we have God's divine revelation, the truth about God as shared from his word, then we have no real truth in terms of specific knowledge about God. That's why the Bible is the most important document to Christians because it alone reveals the undiluted truth about God. That's what I love about the Bible. It's raw. <laughs> I mean, the Bible is absolutely, it pulls off all this. There's no buffers on the Bible, man. It hits you straight between the eyes with God's vintage truth. So let's talk about Jesus. You know, in, in the day that we live in, we, we have the biblical Jesus, uh, and we have 
what I call Jesus 2.0 or the Jesus that people are, you know, espousing today based upon what? Based upon their opinions. So let's talk about Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ is, was, is, and forever will be the most pivotal, revolutionary, and controversial figure in human history. I mean, Jesus Christ accomplished more in his short life, and specifically in the three years of his public ministry, than kings and empires have done over centuries. And the world's libraries are filled with volumes written about this one man and his impact on humanity. You know, one of those things that have been written about Christ is a poem. It's called One Solitary Life. And I won't read the whole thing to you. It's by a guy by the name of Dr. James Allen Francis. And Jesus, uh, excuse me, this man describes Jesus' humble beginnings and, and his death. But he goes on to, to talk about Jesus' influence. And he concludes this way in this poem. He says, 19 centuries have come and gone. And today Jesus is the central figure of the human race. As the leader of mankind's progress, all the army that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. You see, Jesus Christ changed the world. And yet, despite his colossal impact on history and humanity, there exists today a widespread confusion as to who he actually was. And part of that is due to the fact that we are in a post-Christian culture in America, specifically, Europe's way past this, but in America, we were once a Christianized nation, meaning our country was founded upon Christian morals, values, and principles. But we're way past that now. And so an entire generation now is growing up that has a very small bit of information about Jesus. They're not growing up going to church, and sometimes even the churches they're going to are giving them more self-help than raw truth from the Bible. But that's another subject. You know, there's some people who assert that Jesus never really claimed to be God. Some people say that Jesus never really even existed. That's a claim I debunk in my new book, by the way, that's coming out in the fall. Some people within Christendom, even within the Christian community, there are many images floating around the heads of people who profess to know Jesus. But when they talk about him, guess what? It's not the Jesus of the Bible. So what's the deal here? Who is Jesus Christ? Or if you were being more postmodern, theologically emerging, you would say, who is Jesus to you? To you. Because then that's what we really care about, right? Who is Jesus to us? So popular perception of Christ is changing in our culture and even in the church. In fact, Scripture's Jesus is getting what I call a makeover, and in some cases undergoing an extreme makeover. Take a survey of Main Street today or of any college campus, 
and you'll likely find a surprising percentage of people that haven't the slightest clue as to his real identity. And even if they know what the Bible actually says about him, they may not even believe it. I've done this to people and asked them this question. And the responses I get back are revealing just a massive void of knowledge in our culture. So we're beginning to see a dramatic drop now in the most basic Bible knowledge about the most central figure in human history. People today can't even name our vice president. You know what I'm saying? No, they know who the president is. They don't know who the vice president is. I mean, so if they can't name important figures in our current government or people in history, significant figures in history, and they miss Jesus too, that tells you something about the level of education and intelligence in our society. A recent Barna Group study revealed that fewer than 50% of millennials believe Jesus was God. So that's less than half. And 56% of millennials either believe he was sinful like other humans or have some sort of confusion on the issue. And so today, what we're really creating in our minds is sort of a reimagined version of Jesus. It's the upgrade Jesus for a lot of people. They prefer to have a different kind of Jesus. It's Jesus 2.0 to them. It's a customized Savior for all people of all preferences. Sort of a morphing Messiah, if you will. So, with every new generation responsible to engage the revelation that God has given in Scripture, this generation is missing it. And as a result, counterfeit Christs have appeared on the scene. I'm not talking about you know, people, actual people that claim to be Jesus. I'm talking about counterfeit images of Jesus in people's minds. For example, just real quickly, there's there's hipster Jesus because he's cool. He's very chill. Uh, you know, we've got to reach this demographic of, you know, beard-growing, Pat's Blue Ribbon drinking 20-somethings, right? So hipster Jesus is handsome. He's handy. His beard is cool. He's really into storytelling. In fact, everything is about telling a story. You know why? We love stories, don't we? Because stories make us feel good. He feeds the poor, this hipster Jesus. He gives handouts to the homeless. He stands up for human rights. In some circles, he may even have socialist leanings because that's the way in many people's minds the early church worked. But though hipster Jesus is big on diversity, his following is largely white. <laughs> They're largely a, a racial uh, non-diversity in Jesus following of this hipster Jesus. Jesus, that's the hipster Jesus, con- is concerned about the environment. He's concerned about climate change. He wants people to be responsible stewards of the planet. He recycles and he gets secondhand clothes. Jesus likes indie music. He prefers worship arts pastors to that old title, Minister of Music. And hipster Jesus may even be gluten-free. See, Jesus, the hipster Jesus is more in a general theology, not specific stuff. So you've got hipster Jesus. Then you've got equality Jesus. Equality Jesus is even more liberal than hipster Jesus. He's not concerned about that antiquated morality that fundamentalist Christians claim the Scripture teaches. So if certain Bible verses don't exactly square with our society's evolving beliefs or, or practices involving gender, sexuality, or marriage then this Jesus, equality Jesus, he's not going to get so upset about it if you reinterpret or ignore those things. Equality Jesus can't be accused of being on the wrong side of history after all. He's Jesus for every generation, right? 
Those who subscribe to Equality Jesus say he's all about love and inclusion and tolerance, of course, as they define those terms. His favorite word is all. Whosoever will, just as I am. You see, they love Equality Jesus because he's, he's not hung up on things. It's not just come as you are. It's stay that way too. I'm okay with you staying the way that you are. That's, it. That's Equality Jesus. He redefines words like love and hate for a whole new generation, reclassifying various sins, saying, oh, it's just an old stuff that old people believed. He designates attitudes like bigotry and discrimination as among the most heinous, evil transgressions that a human being could ever commit. Equality Jesus is a superhero, social justice warrior, and will let everyone into heaven eventually. You know why? Because we're all equal. That's equality, Jesus. And then there's patriotic Jesus. Now, this Jesus is an older counterpart of the one played by the, the hipster crowd there. The patriotic Jesus is ultra-conservative, especially when it comes to moral issues. He leans far to the right in his politics, and his followers are expected to be heavily involved in the political process. Now, patriotic Jesus gives a lot of politically lay sermons from the pulpit. In fact, in fact, pastors routinely surrender their pulpits to like-minded politicians who happen to stop by because they believe in patriotic Jesus. As a result, these politicians gain the evangelical vote when they campaign for, quote, Judeo-Christian values, end quote. You know, patriotic Jesus loves America. He thinks it's the best country in the world he ever founded. <clears throat> it makes him happy when people fly the American flag in church and celebrate all the really important patriotic holidays. Patriotic Jesus is very American. His followers talk about America being a city on a hill and a light for all the nations. The United States, is, for patriotic Jesus, is kind of a new kind of Israel or some sort of collective covenant people. They like to talk about verses like Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. I will heal their nation. Oh, that's patriotic Jesus' favorite Bible verse. Even though it has nothing, nothing to do with America. Patriotic Jesus really likes to play up the fact that, that America is a Christian nation. And he really kind of looks more like a product of America than a product of heaven, more earthly than eternal. He's concerned with political issues more than he is the destiny of people's souls. Patriotic Jesus is blatantly white and very popular with the middle to upper middle class households. And then there's other Christ caricatures in our culture that people morph to fit their own image of who they think Jesus Christ really is. But you know what? The Jesus of the Bible really does care about social justice and those who are oppressed, who are truly oppressed, not who just think they're oppressed. On morality, Jesus would be deeply offended and angered by things like sex, tra sex trafficking, violence, and today's barbaric slaughter of innocent babies. And yes, the Jesus of the Bible does receive anyone who calls on his name, for salvation. 
And when his people, when Jesus' people find themselves fortunate enough to be in a good country or in a democracy, they can and should participate in the political process, especially when there's a government that's promoting godless values and threatening religious liberty. But you see, all of these portrayals of Jesus fall short of the real Jesus. Because despite what they've said about Christ and despite the things about Christ that they might get right, they fail to provide the clarity and totality of who Jesus is as portrayed by the Bible. A partial Jesus is no Jesus at all. You see, we can't choose those parts of Jesus that we like and then ignore the rest of Scripture and who the Bible says that he is and the other things that he does. Some things that Jesus did were very disturbing, by the way. See, Christianity is not a biblical truth buffet where we march by with our theological tray and we reach and we point to things. Oh, I have some of that over there. I have some of that nice Jesus over there. I don't like the Jesus that took a whip and turned over the tables in the temple. I don't like the Jesus that talks about coming back and slaughtering his enemies. I don't like that. That's not nice Jesus. Give me the Jesus that puts kids in his lap. Give me the Jesus that feeds people who are hungry. Give me the Jesus that makes disease go away. Give me the Jesus that invites everybody to come to him. Give me that Jesus, but don't give me all of Jesus. I want to pick and choose what attributes of my God I like. That's where we are as a culture today. But you see, we don't set the menu of truth. God does. God does. And so when we talk about relating Christ to the next generation, we can't just tell them about part of Jesus. That's a bait and switch, by the way. You know what that means? You know what clickbait is on, on the Internet where you see a, a headline and, or there's maybe a um, you know, picture of a celebrity or whatever? You won't believe what this, this cast of this TV show looks like today. And you're like, oh, well, i got to find out. That's called clickbait. You click on it. And it takes you like 75 different web pages that you have to click through. And they're gathering information about you with every page that you click. That's called clickbait. Well, there's a lot of theological clickbait going on by neo-Orthodox theologians and teachers who want to bait you with a certain kind of Jesus. But if you bite that bait, if you take the hook for that Jesus that they're selling you, and then you go dive into the Bible to find out who the rest of Jesus is, and you find out he's not anything like he was advertised on the web page. He's nothing like you said he was going to be. That's that's clickbait. That's a character of caricature of Jesus. It's like saying, well, you know, it's a loosely based portrayal of Jesus like a movie that's inspired by true events or based on the book you know but it's not the book today's Jesus is a Jesus based on the book it's inspired by the book maybe but it's not the book and on top of that there's a lot of just outright lies about Jesus Christ and so this hybrid Jesus that we have in our culture today blatantly contradicts the portrayal of Jesus that scripture paints of him and by the way, it's a portrayal that cannot be improved upon. Well, that's where we are right now. That's where we are in our culture. 
You see, God needs no help with his theology. And God does not stutter when he speaks. We can argue with it. We can be upset by it. But guess what? In the end, he's God. And so what these concepts do is they blur our vision of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want a clear vision of the Christ. I want to know who Jesus really is. I want to take away my incomplete, self-manufactured image of him, and I want to trade it in for what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. Hey, so how do we bring the image of Christ into focus? I'll tell you that on the next Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.